I'm travel journalist, Catherine Romine, and this is Banyan Tree's Compass Podcast, a series in which I talk with change makers who are living purposeful, inspiring lives about the experiences that have shaped them and their visions for the future. Today, I'm so happy to be introducing Wayan Wardika, an incredible Balinese leader who is spearheading considerable changes in education around waste management, which is a huge issue in Bali, as well as organic farming practices and the rehabilitation of local environments to bring back fireflies. After studying tourism at university in Bali, working at hotels on the island and abroad, and enjoying a 12-year career with Disney Cruise Line, Wayan began a meaningful new chapter of his life at age 40 back in his home village of Taro, where he created what quickly became Bali's most effective waste management system. He led a push to explore community-based tourism opportunities, which in 2021 was awarded best of 14,000 villages in Indonesia. Wayan partners with hotels and resorts in Bali, helping them adopt earth-friendly waste systems, organic farms, and chemical-free pest control, and also supports communities around Indonesia in developing rural and regenerative tourism. So welcome, Wayan. I'm thrilled to have you on this podcast. How are you today in Bali? I'm doing great, Catherine. Thank you so much. It is truly an honor to be a part of this podcast. So thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, my pleasure. You have been very inspiring to me, and I'm excited to dive into all of the things that you have learned and taught others so far. So to start, I'd like to ask you to look a bit backwards. What would you consider your frontier moment? In other words, what personal experiences inspired a change in your life that led you in a new direction and catalyzed this current path that you're on? Okay. Uh, <laughs> earlier, you mentioned 40 years. So I think that is right. That is where I am right now. <laughs> so if I if I sort of like look back to the, my uh, childhood memories, there are two things that is really, really stick to my mind like forever, like really, really clearly. One is the river, you know, where we used to uh, bath, where we visited twice a day, not just to collect water, but also to to enjoy, you know, swimming with our friend, washing our clothes. And it was really, really personal moment. You know, it's really intimate being in nature with the waterfalls, drinking from the uh, water spring. So it's really, really uh, come with me forever in my life. That's the daytime. And then nighttime, I remember live without uh, electricity back then, maybe 40 mm -hmm. something years ago. So I really remembered how night is so full of natural lights instead of artificial light at night. So we barely uh, use kerosene at night or uh, oil lamp. Sometimes we also are able to have a battery at the time. Mm -hmm. And then eventually we have electricity. But the night at that time was uh, quite different because we have a star in the sky with a moon uh, when it's a full moon. And what really, really inspired me is the fireflies. There were like thousands and thousands of them. It's everywhere, including uh, into the house. For so many, many times, I played with this little creature when I was little. I put them, <laughs> I put them in a jar, you know, because mm -hmm. so uh, limited with uh, lights. So light is something that is really scarce at the time. It's very limited. Mm -hmm. So I use the natural lights and the fireflies are around me. So I really, really have a intimate connection with the fireflies since I was little. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up older. I still, I still can see them up to now, even though not as that much. But I have a very strong connection with the, with the fireflies. So these two things really, really shape my personality, I would, I would say. And uh, if I sort of like can contribute for this nature, uh, I wish I can have 
those nice crystal clear river and mm-hmm. and plenty of fireflies around. I really love to have them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> we need them back. Well, you and I both have, as we discussed before, very happy childhood memories involving fireflies. I remember also playing with them. And in the summertime, we would always be up late and it would be dark and they would just be glittering in the sky. And I know you feel so passionately about saving them and bringing them back. You almost brought me to tears <laughs> describing their importance at one point. So tell me a bit more about how these tiny but bright creatures have led you on the path that you're on now and why they're so important for all of our futures. Okay. I think one thing that is very unique, apart from my intimate personal relationship or experience during my childhood with the fireflies, but how we, the Balinese, look at the fireflies. So uh, in the Balinese culture, the fireflies is strongly related to spirituality and is very much connected to afterlife dimension. The one that stops me from collecting those in the jars and using this light during childhood because my grandparents remind me that this is the presence of the ancestors. You know, that's the only thing that can stop me. Uh, (laughs) And then later on, I find out that it is also considered to be the guide of the lost souls. You see this tiny little creature, but from the spiritual perspective, it has so much power. It has so much energy that can even guide the lost souls. You know, imagine we have so much uh, troubles in the world and then mm-hmm. and then we die and then we don't know where to go. You know, we got lost. And mm-hmm. then come this tiny little creature, hey, Wayan, hey, Catherine, this is your way to heaven, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but deeper into that, in Balinese perspective, it is captured as a pure energy. So that's a spiritual perspective. And right. then as I grew up, my passion grows with me. And so I learn, I, I read and I ask for information what these fireflies does really mean in the nature mm-hmm. from so many scientific journals. It is like an indicator. Yeah, it, it's a natural indicator of an quality of the environment. They tend to, to live where there is a clean air, clean water and healthy soil. When we talk about healthy soil is uh, when there is not so much artificial or synthetic chemical involved right. in the process. So it will allow them to regenerate and increase their population. These two things are giving us like a conclusion. The quality of the fireflies need to live is actually the same quality we, the human beings, to live. Mm-hmm. Okay? Me, you, some other parents in the world. I'm sure we are all preparing for the best for our uh, next generation to live, right? So by having fireflies around us, it's like telling us that this is a good quality of the environment. Mm -hmm. If it is not, then what we can do better so that the fireflies can live. Because the same quality the fireflies needs is exactly the same what our future generation are needing. So... This is like you having a dashboard in your car, you know, like how much your speed is. It is really good to have. So then it, it reminds us if we need to fill up our tank when the indicator so that we need to buy uh, more fuel. So mm-hmm. I think moving forward, it is not just for me, but this is for everybody that fireflies has more than just beautiful creatures that makes night become more lightful. But it is a really, really strong connection towards the sustainability. So, so yeah, I think that's that's why I'd love to go further and further and and bringing back these uh, fireflies to life. Yeah, the bringing back the light, I know, is your one of your missions, and 
it that's what really gets me too is thinking about my daughter and the quality of the earth that we're leaving for the future generations. And it's amazing that we have that as like a check to check ourselves. How much have we messed things up and how can we get back to what it needs to be for the fireflies to thrive and for us humans to thrive too? Right. Let me add one more thing. Most of us don't really appreciate when we still have them, right? Mm -hmm. So I think from my personal experience in some area, they don't have fireflies like they were 10, 20 or 30 years ago. But mm -hmm. I'm still lucky enough in my village in Taru still have fireflies. But if I don't do nothing to preserve them or conserve them, there is no guarantee that they will be available. So hopefully with the bring back the light project, we can inspire more people to do good with nature. Mm -hmm. And I know, Wayan, that you grew up in Taro with very few resources, and that fact has shaped so much of your being. What have been the trials and tribulations on your journey so far? And how did you not necessarily conquer them, but make them part of your story and success? I think less is more. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think it's really true. The limitation that we have is actually what makes us grow or conquer even more. Having the opportunity without the electricity makes me see the fireflies much better. Now with so much light pollution, I don't even see them. You know, we, we need to go out there and really look for them, you know. And then childhood without a tap water, uh, it makes me go to the river so that have this connection to the nature. So we appreciate more. It reminds us that we cannot, we are nothing in front of the mother nature, you know. So we don't have nothing much to pride, right? So the only thing that we can do is to respect, to, to thank them for all the, the blessing that, that we have. So it would brings the mindset. So this is what actually shape up my, my adult life by experiencing that uh, limitation during my childhood. And mm -hmm. one particular thing is, my childhood, there was no high school, so it forced me to go to Ubud, you know, stay with the family and work for them so then I can afford my uh, high school. By going out from my comfort zone since a very early age, it allowed me to see a wider space, not just my village, you know, seeing mm -hmm. more different people and then eventually have a broader perspective. It is also what really, really uh, contributed to, to my perspective. And then it also uh, helped me how to see the, the village later on, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I grew up in the United States and I remember the first time I traveled to a place and saw children and women and people going and collecting water to bring back to their homes and use that for everything, drinking, washing, cooking. And I was used to having, you know, water out of a tap. The first time I saw that in person, it struck me and really changed how much I appreciated the simple things like that, that you take for granted. So it takes sometimes the distance from what you are used to, whatever that is, right. To, to fully appreciate or get a new perspective. And I know you spent years on a cruise ship going all around the world, meeting and building relationships with people from so many different countries. So in what way did that kind of reroute you or, or solidify what you intended to do with your life or your future or your kind of personal mission? Okay. I think the best way to describe it is like you having an old picture. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any, any old picture at all. My, my oldest picture is like 20 years old. 
So uh-huh. this is like 20 years ago. So yeah. imagine you have an old picture or let's say you are five years old. Okay. When you were five years old, looking at your picture, it's nothing special. But mm-hmm. growing up 20 years later, 40 years later, you see yourself in that picture as a five years old. It's so different. Mm-hmm. Uh, same way how I look into my village, you know, like uh, where I born, raised, and then eventually I have the opportunity to travel the world. I walk on a cruise ship, see different countries, meet different people, have a much more broader perspective. And then I decided to go back. Uh, when I come back, my village is totally different how I see it 10, 20 years ago. You know, like there are so much resources that is still available. There is so much thing that I can do where I don't have to in position to take actions, you know, like mm-hmm. the smallest thing, you know, collecting the trust or educate the the woman, educate the, the school children, teach them English, doing the organic farm, you know, share about the compost and, and, and so on and so on. So this is what really, really uh, changed my perspective because some other part of the world, they even have to walk miles and miles just go to go to the park, for example. And mm-hmm. I just... Wake up and hey, hundred of trees right in front of me. You know, when right. I wake up and it's bird is everywhere, and then the chicken and the biodiversity is there. So I think this is truly a blessing for me. You know, having uh, the experience to see from a different perspective. So my job is then like what I can do better. Not necessarily for the village, not necessarily for the universe, but for the family, for the for the next generation, for my younger generation. We're all aware with global warming, you know, the climate change, things happening in, in the world. And this is a fact. So if we don't tell them the threat, if we don't do any good actions, you know, if we don't practice regenerative actions toward our life, who will? You know, so uh, so I'm truly, truly blessed, born, raised in a village where the resources is still with me. The culture is still supporting relationship within our community, where it is still so closely tied together. So mm-hmm. I think this advantage is really, really having me the opportunity to do more, you know. And, and I start really simple by contributing how we manage the waste in a more responsible way. And also with the farming, how we can produce the crop not just to provide foods but also at the same time preserving the nature especially the soil the mm-hmm. water by using a natural ingredient so i think i'm really blessed you know having all these uh, opportunities face through challenges in life it's like you know preparing for an exam and then i think i'm 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 ready <laughs> i'm curious when you went back to your village after working for disney cruise line for so long during the time you were away, were there changes like an influx of plastic or more use of chemical fertilizers or things like that that had changed while you were away that you were surprised by or felt like needed to be addressed when you got back? Or did you come back already wanting to work in an environmental capacity to influence people positively? I think it's more of the pain that really ignites my my project, you know, like what decided me really to take that action is because of the fact that the river is full of plastic and the community is burning the plastic is, because they have no idea what danger they can make, not mm. just for themselves, but also for the environment. So mm. somebody need to, to educate. And then we all know we don't have a perfect system where we can uh, educate everybody overnight. 
so because I already decided to go back to to the village, I have more time. So that's one. And then secondly, I also have the opportunity to reach out to more people and invite them instead of telling them what to do. So that's why I made the facility myself. So then we can facilitate uh, the waste that is already uh, segregated. And then uh, we do continuous educational, especially for the younger generation. So I would say it's very much of the the, the negative situation that really ignite me, that, that inspire me, that maybe if I don't do anything, nobody, like, it, it's like a choice, you know, like, Okay, who gonna do it? Okay, eventually somebody right. gonna do it. Okay, and at the time I just take the courage to start. I know it starts small, but then eventually it grew, it grew, it grew, and inspire more people to do. So it is not one man show, but it is a collective action. But mm-hmm. there is always there is always a one person who who leads step. You know. Yes. So I am, and I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah, well, thank goodness, because there has to be an instigator and you can't just wait around for someone else to do it. And it's so wonderful that you stepped up and have made such a big impact. It's an incredibly gigantic country. And to be able to positively influence people across the archipelago, across Indonesia and potentially the world is so important and wonderful. Which brings me to my last question. I know you're striving to save the fireflies so your grandchildren can know them and their grandchildren can know them and not just stories of them. So with the theme of possibility and positivity in mind, I'd love for you to paint a picture of where you would like to see this planet 100 years from now. What do you hope could be reality in a century? Wow, I wish I could live that long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. I think how I see it is like uh, the world right now, like like you standing in a junction where each of us has these two options, like has direction number one or direction number two. Direction number one, where most of us act or do things destructive toward nature or, or less impactful, I would say, or less mindful. And of course, our focus is very much on exploiting, you know, taking, uh, excavating, and it's too much from the nature. Mm-hmm. then we don't have uh, much left for the generation, right? Because we take them all up. And of course, the food will become super, super expensive. But the good news is we have this second option, which is the second road, where everyone is contributing for the better future. Each of us can contribute a tiny little bit in every actions we take, in every decision we make. You know, it doesn't have to be big. Everybody is taking actions in a regenerative sort of ideas, you know, for the nature, for the resources that we have. So I believe most of us will be choosing this second road. Yeah, uh, because it's not just providing for us to live, but also preparing for the next generation to live. And 100 years from now, if eventually everybody take this road, I see every night the sky is filled up with stars. The earth is filled with fireflies, you know? So it's every night is like a silent symphony where we were maybe 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the energy is positive. And we all live full of gratitude because what we have is provided by nature. And then every day will be a, a celebration. And this only happens if we all contribute. I love that vision. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could describe the Balinese principle of Thankfully, we as a community is provided with tools how we live our daily life with the with the principle by our ancestor. This is called the Trihita Karana. 
is basically harmonious way of living between human to God, human to human, and human to nature. So basically, it guides us in every action that we are taking. Uh, it's sort of like cross-check, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if one or two, or maybe all three of these indicator is not suitable, if our action may make the God angry, may hurt our fellow human beings, and it may bring destructive impact to the nature, normally we won't do it. So mm-hmm. that is, I think, the, the simple way to describe how the tree Hitakarana is actually guiding us in, throughout our daily life. Tree Hitakarana literally means tree is three. Hita means happiness. Karana is the cause. So three mm-hmm. things that uh, make us happy is by creating harmony with God, harmony with people, and harmony with nature. Well, it's, I think, a wonderful thing for all of us to keep in mind, regardless of what we believe in or where we are, because... As you said, it's an indicator like the fireflies of what our impact is, and it kind of can lead us into making better choices, I think. Yes, that's correct. Let's enjoy what we have. And so at the same time, preparing for our future generation, because this is also their right to have the same air, you know, to have the clean water and healthy soil for, yes. for their generation. So it is really up to us how we maintain this process. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Ryan. This has been wonderful talking with you. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you once again for the opportunity. It was really wonderful to speak with you and hear your ideas and everything you're working on.